The Village Square, a nervy bunch of liberals and conservatives who believe that disagreement and dialogue make for a good conversation, a good country, and a good time. At The Village Square, we believe big things can happen when ideas collide inside the bonds of mutual respect. We're building the town hall of the 21st century across the partisan divide. At the Village Square, we talk about politics, religion, and race. You know, the topics your mom taught you never to discuss in polite company. When most separate, we gather across color, creed, and ideology. Listen, at the Village Square, we make pigs fly. Welcome to the Village Squarecast. This is your host, Vanessa Rouse. Thank you for joining us today for part two of this local color discussion, which took place in mid-June of 2020, about a month after the tragic death of George Floyd. This is a discussion between five community members in Tallahassee, Florida, who have been very involved with the Village Square's local color program for the past three years. Since gatherings have changed for the time being due to COVID, we wanted to find a way to discuss recent events, even though we can't meet for a normal local color gathering. So following the tradition of sit-ins, teach-ins, and jail-ins, we asked this group to come together for a listen-in. The rest of us, myself included, get to just listen as these community members open their hearts and minds to help us all grow in our understanding of our fellow human beings. I am so thankful to each of these people for being willing to put themselves out there in this way to help us all move forward together. The conversation was somewhat lengthy, so we broke it up into two podcast episodes. If you're listening to this one and you haven't listened to part one yet, I strongly suggest that you pause now and go back to that one, which was released shortly before this one, and listen to it first. The conversation really builds up to the point where we start here, and after you listen to part one, I think you'll feel connected to these voices and you'll be ready to continue here with part two. Most of these participants are using aliases instead of their real names. We have Liz Joyner, Village Square's founder and CEO, as the facilitator, and she's joined by V, Sunshine, Miss Science, and Sean. When you listen to part one, we introduce you to each voice right up front so you kind of know who's who. So hopefully you've listened to that by now and you've heard us end part one by opening up the topic of Amy Cooper. Amy Cooper is the white woman who recently called the police on a black man in Central Park when he reminded her that her dog was supposed to be on a leash. So that's where we begin today with Miss Science sharing her thoughts on that disturbing situation. I just realized that we haven't addressed a whole a whole different part of this. And in, in the turmoil of everything that's going on, a major reason about why I have been upset and why I have been crying so much is, in my eyes, where it all really began, which was the New York Central Park incident, the Amy Cooper incident. Oh, golly. So, so this is all really troubling for me because it, it, it doesn't even feel like we can, it, it doesn't even feel like Black America can tackle one issue 
deal with that, really deal with one thing before there's another thing that we're dealing with. Because that happened on Monday. George Floyd happened on Tuesday. And then I recall on Wednesday, there was, there was another shooting someplace else. So it just feels like there's incident after incident after incident. And then several days later, it hits a fan on Saturday. And then we get together and have our, our, our talk on either Monday or Tuesday. And by, by then, like, we didn't even like, have a, a grasp on what day of the week it was, or at least I did Right. But so, so Sean, in that, you, you mentioned the idea of, of ignoring or, or, or we can't ignore. But this is in reference to George Floyd. And I, I mentioned this because like, we're, but we're completely ignoring like, the New York, the Central Park incident and, and the idea of calling authorities on black bodies, period. And like, just the idea of that mm. personally, just that right there actually enrages me. Like that right there. Because there are those actually who do ignore that. And we, this group right here, we recognize, we recognize this. And this even came up in our, in our pre-conversation that there are some who don't realize or who, who, there are some who still, who won't admit that there is an issue. Mm-hmm. It, it's, this, this is, this is real. This, this is a conversation that there's a reason why we're having this conversation. There's a reason why that the village square exists, why we have local color. Cause not all, not all are on board with this. Now are on board that we need to be coming together. I live next to, to those types of individuals. My landlord is one of those types of yeah. individuals who would rather be complacent. Mm. I had to have a conversation with my landlord who is like, no, 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 they're fine. While recognizing the fact that they're actively my people who I live next to and, you know, we both have the same type mm. of rent situation. But while recognizing that they're actively doing very, very overtly racist things to me. So it, when the suggestion is made, you know, you white folks need to talk some, right? In some ways, that's where my mind goes because, because we are so divided. I mean, you could take race out of the equation completely and we, we are speaking to each other as we are people who are going into battle, you know? And so it, it feels like such a deep and gaping gulf that exists simply politically between white people. And I mean, in some ways, that's been sort of a unique part of this experience with local color because Village Square, you know, our original mission was bridging division across ideology, political ideology. And when we expanded after the Trayvon Martin tragedy to wanting to build bridges across race as well, it's meant that we've walked this walk thinking of both divisions, divisions across color differences, but also across ideological differences. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, it, it's just, it's incredible, incredibly complexifying part of this conversation because we're not talking to each other either. And I know that when I, my 15 year walk, meeting people and knowing people who are politically different than me, I have found a lot of really wonderful, well-intentioned people who are like me because I am human, part blind. And we don't see what we don't see, you know, to, to my, to the way we opened this up is me saying that I really truly did not understand that this was a very different experience for me than it was for you because I didn't see it. 
So there's that education component of trying to help people see. But then like, you know, if you talk about humans, you talk about groupthink and you talk about the team clapping and you talk about like what is underneath there. And then there is an exorbitant amount of fear that begins to morph into disturbing, power grabbing, all of these things, right? So when Miss Science is talking about what happened in Central Park, there is a less than that's going on here. Uh, and there's a fear that's going on here that people are completely behaving on and have no idea that that's what they're doing and then are able to provide such absurd logic to it because they are scared. And of the scare, the, the, the fear sometimes for people is a safety thing that's absurd, but sometimes the fear is about s- safety. But so much of this is my way of life will change because of these black people or these conservatives or these liberals, the fear and this like the contorted, you know, the moral psychology stuff we've spent so much time on, but like that underneath stuff. And I'm not saying like, I'm just that part of it. When I think about all of these, all of these things that have happened is I'm terrified that if I go into that, my Whole Foods is going to be populated with all kinds of people of different colors who might steal stuff. If you look like me or you speak well, then I guess you can be there because we do have a few Asians and a few black folks in our neighborhood, whatever the thing is, but there will be a change that changes the way that I have to operate as a person. And I like the way that my life is. And in some ways, maybe that, like this, the Central Park incident, in some ways is the expression of what you feel if you're Black every day, every second, that, that, that you, like you hear, you hear that, you feel it, right? You feel it from people, you know that's what you're getting from them, even if it's not super overt. Is, is, that, is that what it is? Yeah, absolutely. Your self-preservation, my own self-preservation, I could tell you foolishness about my own choices because of wanting to preserve either a way of life, a subculture, whatever the thing is. But I bust my ass to have a different, and I have people and like my faith to say, you are not doing well. That is not how you love people. And it's a fight against that. But that's a constant thing is that subtle microaggressions, whatever you want to call it, is that subconscious or conscious, hello, need to feel safe emotionally, um, mentally, physically, and I'm going to do it by that startled reaction or that walking down the other aisle or the big picture disastrous stuff that's happened to us politically by power grabbing, by whatever. So when I open my mouth at the diamond store where I need to get my wedding band cleaned and they think it's maybe cubic zirconia, because I know they think that that's right. But um, when I open my mouth and my grammar is better than theirs, theirs, 
than their grammar is, or they see something written down about me, or there are so many things that will happen and people are just so, they're so unsure. And I know you two have experienced this as well, where they're just confused. Wait a second. Her English is excellent, but she, however, is black. What will I do with this? And there are some right. occasions, and we, this is what Village Square does so well, that you've created a space where people can experience that and you push the envelope on it, on this cancel culture. But then there's your every day of that. There are people who have asked me if my child if I am the nanny for my child. But you are. I am the nanny. <laughs> it's just not paid. Affirmative. <laughs> you know, like, oh, are you babysitting this sweet baby? Or what does your husband look like? What is it? What is it? And, you know, when I think about that daily thing, I have been willing because I'll tell you what I've done. I'm trying to absorb these, some of this stuff about fear and about self-preservation, not because it, is, it excuses people, but because I need just a tiny bit to hold on to about humanity sometimes. But I will say that these things happening over and over, I'll tell you one of the biggest things that I've had to watch over the course of my life is this notion, and I'm rambling, I don't care. One of the biggest things that I've had to watch or have had to deal with as a, like, who I am is this angry black woman thing. So you lose it in the store and what, you, what do you do? You have just proven exactly what they were worried about in CBS or wherever. If I lose my mind because my sweet child, I birthed that child. <laughs> and you have to come at me with something like that. And my voice goes a little louder than your sweet Southern voice all of a sudden. And there's times where I give zero bleeps about that. But I do often think to myself, huh, at the end of this day, just my existence, I could have been adding to some negative stereotype that, <laughs> that now Miss Science and Sunshine now have gotten the have now gotten in their right. next trip to Publix. I have now added to their difficulties because I kind Thank of you. raised my voice, right? That Why? sounds absurd. And I'm not saying that that's what I spend my time on all the time, but sometimes I walk out of the store thinking that's where we are. And that's the, as linear as that sound, that's as linear as it is with people who scared of black people and don't realize that they are. Because a lot of white people are scared of black folks. And, and we're not fooling anyone. You are not fooling ourselves. <laughs> and right? I just want to be like, you know, yeah. when I'm picking out a wine for my friend for her birthday and you're pulling out Arbor Mist and I'm at, <laughs> and I'm at the top shelf and you're scared of me. Like, really? So Did I not just prove to you? Okay, I'm done. Are you? Um, there, is, there is not, there, there is nothing crazy about that there Nothing. is you can, you can ramble all you want i have been stared at by my neighbors so much since george floyd mm. I, I feel like they're waiting for me to steal something go off do anything i wish 
give the people what they want. I, I wish I could be angry. So I, I wish I could be angry. Actually, don't do that. You might get arrested. I know. And I, I, can't I know. Afford. I know. Right? Like, I know. <laughs> I see. I, that's the crazy part. I think when it comes to Amy Cooper, for me was, you know, folks were like, aha, here's somebody on record saying she is intentionally going to weaponize Mm-hmm. Um, you know, law enforcement against a black person. And in, in a way, it's kind of like, see, we're not crazy. We try to tell you this. It's overt now. But then on the other hand, it's like, you know, to Sean's point, like, is this, is this really where we are right now? <laughs> like, is it that bad that somebody would, would do something like that? And, and, and then for me, the other part about just being black every day and thinking about these issues is the risk of being mistaken or being in a situation that was not even intended by the person who was trying to weaponize the situation. You know, yeah, I, I, I'd like a certain type of wine. I speak a certain way. I have a particular job. I can rattle all of that off, but it doesn't make me distinguishable in the streets. Exactly. Um, and so I think part of the fear and the frustration, the angst, all of that that Black people constantly worry about is, in addition to wondering if somebody will actually just treat you with dignity, because that's just the thing we should do. There's this fear of like, you might mess around and become a statistic. You might die just by accident or, you know, by being mistaken, like Brianna Taylor was, or, or just not being believed. Um, And if you're not dead through it, you might be incredibly humiliated. You might be stripped of dignity along the way. Uh, so that when it's all said and done, they might as well have killed mm. you. Um, that that part is not fun <laughs> at mm. all about this because I can laugh about it, Amy Cooper. I can say, oh, my God, that is absurd. I can't believe she did that. And then literally right after that, I'm like, what if that was my husband or my son who experienced that? And what if one law enforcement officer who just didn't have the tools to deal with the situation well overreacts and kills them? How do I even begin to rationalize any of that? And so I do think a big part of this is this fear that we operate out of, that black people operate out of, but also that white people are operating out of this fear of knowingly operating out of, mind you, she was very, very aware of what she was doing. Yeah. You know, it's like, I, maybe I'm afraid for my life. Maybe I'm afraid of what I think you, you mean or what your exist. I don't know, but it's always, I think at the base of it all of fear and nothing will change until we start operating out of love. Um, and I think relatedly when you love, when you feel something really viscerally, um, you begin to change. Uh, that's what love is. That that kind of feeling is not manufactured. It can't be taught in a book. You have to feel it. Otherwise, you're you're constantly going to be trying to preserve your life, you know, out of that fear. It, v, you about to go to sleep? Nah, girl. But the exhausting. <laughs> Two year old is crying again, so I'm just like probably need yeah. to let the evening pass along. I I want to gather your best parting wisdom. For those wonderful folks who've hung with us this long, while I say that that I'll I'll go ahead and drop the um, everyday discrimination scale that we only got two out of nine items through in the show notes uh, for the <laughs> podcast, and I'm sure, I'm sure we have many more conversations that can come of that. And then also, I just I want to say that this walk that we've walked with you has meant so much to me as a human, and I I, I really love y'all 
and and I I hurt um, with you, and I'll keep listening and learning as long as you're game to keep hanging out with us. I want to throw one piece in, and it's um, I talked about this a little bit on our last call, and I feel like it's the it's an element, and this is not to diminish the role of any other party, but in this craziness that we're dealing with in America between the white and the black communities and how we move forward. There's a third party involved that I feel like gets a pass too often. And that's the role that the media plays in all of this, you know, and I think back to, you know, everybody growing up had that one friend who just lived to go to one friend and talk crap and plant seeds about the other and then go to the other person and do the inverse. Yeah. It's an instigator. And that's what the media has done with all of this. They're the marriage counselor being paid by the hour. Yeah, it's not, you know, within the white and the black communities right now, in huge swaths of the country, (laughs) there are white people who primarily their understanding of black culture comes through what they see on television. And, you know, we could talk, it's a whole other discussion on culpability and the importance of self-education, but the role that the media plays in creating this straw man of the dangerous, you know, the dangerous young black man and the threat to society is not something that we should look past because I feel like that is something that is perpetuated, whether it's white media or not. I mean, that's, it doesn't really matter to me, but it, it pisses me off to, because there are so many people that are operating based on fear of things that aren't real. They're based on things that have been taught to them by a television set, and they've not taken it upon themselves to change or to dig deeper on their own. And the role that that plays in society is, is, is extremely destructive. You know, I think, you know, when I look at the Amy Cooper situation, and I think that she knew exactly what she was doing, but I think there are many people who will... I won't say innocently because innocence conveys a lot, but who ignorantly make missteps based on bad information that has been fed to them for the purpose of advertising dollars that somebody needs to be held accountable for. And, you know, so when we look at the, the demonstrations all over our country, that some have been peaceful and some have been less than peaceful. And while I don't support or endorse the riots and the destruction, the damage and the harm that's come from that. I understand to the best of my ability what that's rooted in. But there was a part of me that smirked a little bit when I saw windows being shattered, you know, on the front of CNN's, you know, pristine building in downtown Atlanta, because these media outlets, they play a role in all of this and they hold themselves up in their ivory towers. But they're the ones who are feeding a lot of this and keeping so much of this stuff going. And until we make the decision as a country to stop just suckling at the teat of 24 hour news and educating ourselves and getting out in our communities and meeting real people face to face and building real relationships, nothing is going to change. And we have to take some of that responsibility on ourselves. Uh, yeah. And that's just something that's been <laughs> grinding on me the last you know, handful of days, because I feel like to a large degree, the media loves it when we're in this state. They love it when there's fire in the streets and people destroying buildings and, you know, cops shooting civilians in the face of beanbag guns and 
in, in all the chaos that's taking place because it means ad dollars, you know, but at what cost? Well, very well put. That's a whole, we could do an hour. We could do 10 hours, but I think we shall not. Other parting wisdom, goodbyes. Just appreciative. I just really, really like you guys. And I love you guys. And Liz, you're just such a winner human. And so much of how these av- these avenues have been created and sweated over by you. And, um, you know, you're mean so much to me anyway, on multiple levels. But I'm, I'm glad we did this. I, I needed this and last week too. Peace. Do that. Sunshine and Miss Science. Sunshine, uh, I'll, I'll let you go last because you're just, you're so good with words and you're one of my sheroes. So I'll, I'll, I'll let you go last. I guess I got three plugs I want to, I want to put out. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm a bit ashamed of myself for not, not talking more to this subject, especially given the people talking on this Zoom meeting right now. But um, I feel like I should have spoken more about Black women because Black women don't get spoken enough uh, um, given the Black or just given violence targeted towards Black individuals. We're always just kind of swept under the rug and we, and we have three strong Black women here right now. And, um, you know, just up here talking, just talking, and I, I feel like holding it down. And beautiful, by the way, since there's... And beautiful, right, at that. Strong and beautiful. And beautiful, and, and we're, we're hurting. And we're hurting, and we, and we never talk about it. Mm. And, and that matters, and there's, and there's a lot of reasons for that. You know, the misogyneer is real. And, you know, whenever we, we have another one of these talks, I'd like to hear, I'd like to hear more about it. So, um, one, Noted. two, I was having a real deep conversation with my cousin, uh, her name's Tia Smith, throw her name out there. You know, uh, she's a producer, um, uh, runs talented, talented soul productions. I love, I love her to death. We're just talking about just like how we, the world can just do well. And this is right before, this is right before everything just started happening, but just how the world could do well, just to be more gracious and how we can all just need to extend grace to each other. You know, we're so quick to judge and just just kind of be kind of hurtful and mean. And we just need to be a bit more forgiving with reason, but just need to listen and have more grace in our hearts. And I, I just feel like that's, that's, that's really what we do in the village square a lot. You know, just like welcoming people in, listening to folks, be willing to ha- let change into our hearts and... I really think that's important, especially for right now. It's, it's about healing. And I, I don't want to have this hate and this hurt in my heart. I don't like feeling that. That, that. that makes me look old, and I'm trying to look young and be moisturized and stuff. I, I got, my, I got my, my Hydro Boost right here. And the cocoa butter is over there, too. I told you, what you need is cocoa butter. Cocoa butter. But just, just, just saying, you know, so just, just be more gracious. I, I feel like it's, it, it would do us all very well. And in the last plug, this has been my saving grace um, in response to the Amy Cooper, that horrendous event. I'm so 
I'm so happy that that people came together in response. Black people, black birders, y'all, y'all already know where I'm going with this. Black birders came together in response to this. Black birders. Because I've had, I've been Amy Coopered on several separate occasions, like, because like, I, I love the outdoors. I go outdoors a lot. And I've been Amy Coopered just for being outside and for like putting myself outside. Again, I live next to an Amy Cooper and she does this to me often. So that deeply affected me, like deeply affected me. I cry often just thinking about that. So when I heard about like Black Birders Week, I immediately dove headfirst into that. And like that has been my saving grace. Just like nice. I, I keep social media at arm's length aside from Black Birders Week because I can't take all the, all the hurt, everything else. I can't take seeing the constant death, seeing I, I can't take this. It's a lot for me, even though my voice is starting to shake now because it's, I can't take this. But for me though, as a lover of nature, as a lover of birds, this has literally saved me from breaking down. And I'm so grateful. And I'm so happy that this has connected a lot of black people to the outdoors. So that's my last plug, Black Birders Week. Thank y'all so much. Sunshine, do you. So we'll, we'll know, by the way, what's happening if we see people out, with, black people out with binoculars more than usual, right? It's a plug. The science. <laughs> All right, Sunshine, bring it in for a landing. Wait, Sunshine, I got to redo mine because of the <laughs> do ball. Let me just say this real quick. I'm sorry, because I did not, whatever. I am hoping and absolutely praying that we can, that the pain, the anger, especially that, that white folks are witnessing and then um, experiencing compassion over will not bleed over into self-righteousness and new pointings of the fingers. I already see some of that. And that is what uh, becomes that dangerous addition in warfare, a new unit, a new group to merge in and make bigger another group. So that is something I am watching out for is my own self-righteousness. There is a righteousness that needs to be here, but self-righteousness is the part that I am for myself watching for. And I'm hoping that we all can kind of can keep an eye out for because it is dangerous. Sunshine and rain. Sunshine and rain. There needs to be a video component to this. I've changed my mind. Maybe this is just Everybody how it ends. Dancing. Maybe this is just how it ends. Well, three people are dancing if you want to get. <laughs> I saw Sean move a little bit. Oh, thank you, Liz. There it is. This would have been probably your time period, Liz. <laughs> Which means really, really, really old. Eight village square dance. Stay three, um, 12 inches apart. <laughs> <laughs> Screenshot this right now. Are we all not dancing anymore? I'm sorry. <laughs> Oh, uh, my bad. All right. That's, no, nobody, yeah, we stopped that. And the reason people look at you when you go outside is because you do that. That's right, <laughs> Dagnabbit. Because you're a baller. Because you're a baller, Miss Science. Back in nature. Uh, it's been, it's been awesome. And I, I mean, I think a lot of things have been said that we all um, agree could help us individually grow, but as this community also grow, I'm grateful that uh, Village Square 
has found it uh, important enough to bring us together, even when it's really painful. I think this setting works. I don't know if I could have taken a Q&A from the audience, but this feels like the spirit of why we do this, to have difficult conversations to come together um, and to work this muscle, because it's not a one-time thing that you signal that you got. You have to constantly practice it. You have to test it. And if not by fire, definitely through tears. So I think that we are better for it. I think for any of our brothers and sisters, for many hue that listens to this or um, engages in this and feels it, it hurts because that's how it should be. It's like working in the gym. If you're not feeling anything, you're probably not working out. So I'm grateful for that kind of conversation and the relationship I have with you all to be able to do this. Um, and I hope we do more of it. I hope that, you know, we don't take the cheap way out, uh, which is to look from a distance and to throw our opinions here and there, dabble in this and signal here, but to open your doors and your rooms, your dining tables, um, your classrooms, your workspaces, your break rooms for some of these really difficult but important conversations. And I think the lesson here, too, is that there is a good timing in all of it. The conversations are good and needed, but sometimes um, not only is the conversation need to be different, but it, sometimes it takes a little bit of distance to do it better, mm. to do it well. So thank you for respecting that and giving us at least seven days <laughs> to, <laughs> to do this well, or at least to try to do it better, because um, we're all humans. Uh, we're all trying to navigate through this and we will fumble we will not do it perfectly but if we don't try then i think we're not living we're not alive um, so for for those that are listen and think i don't have the best way to say this i don't have the right experience to qualify me i don't think anybody really does the the reality is we must do it yeah. we must fumble through it and do it so um i it would be great to have more discussion i would like to have a white people conversation where we just listen. Y'all can pretend we're not there. I, I've always, every every Black person wants to know how white people talk when we're not there. I think it's a great idea. Yeah, I, I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I like that idea, although I don't want to be insulting to people of color right now and have it be now. We're telling you we're ready. <laughs> yeah, we, we want you to do it. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, that sounds good, huh? Sounds cathartic. Thank you, guys. Much love to all y'all. Love you guys. I love you all. Thank you. Bye. All right, everyone. It's me again, Vanessa, your podcast host. I'd like to offer a huge thank you to each one of these participants for sharing their thoughts and experiences on this critical topic. I don't know about y'all, but I personally got so much out of this discussion. My perspective has shifted and I've grown from this and I'll continue to grow as I think and process more and as I use what I learned from this to help me in future discussions. On that note, I think lots of people are wanting to dig in more to racial issues, but sometimes we don't know how or what to say or who to talk to. I'd like to offer a suggestion that I plan to use in my own life. I'm going to share this episode with some friends and use it as a tool for opening some new discussions on race. And that got me thinking about the ground rules that Village Square uses when they kick off a local color event. In episode one of the Village Square cast, Liz explains all of Village Square's programs, including how each program began 
And for local color, she also shares the ground rules that they go over at the beginning of each event. I'm going to play those for you now because I personally found this to be really helpful as I think about how to have open conversations on race. So here's Liz. So we talked about some of the basics of how we do what we do at the Village Square, and I talked about some of the dinner rules and event rules with local color. We thought we needed to do work a little bit harder to make sure the rules were really good ones. And believe it or not, we actually run through these rules at the beginning of each of our programs. And our wonderful facilitators, Brad Johnson and Jovita Woodrich, often do it with humor because it is just such a long list. So I won't be funny enough for this, but these are important. So this is, we share at the beginning of our program at Local Color. Our goal isn't to agree, it's to disagree and still keep talking. We ask people to assume good intention by others and remind them that use of the wrong words is allowed and that imperfection does not make you a racist. We ask people to not come to offend and to temporarily overlook offense. We try to emphasize the fact that disagreement and hate are not the same thing. We ask them to practice humility no matter how wrong someone is and how right you are. There's still something you can learn from them. This is a conversation, not a series of monologues. Extend undeserved favor to each other. I I kind of love that one because sometimes we don't really (laughs) deserve to have the benefit of the doubt, but we ask people to give it and we ask them to listen to understand And then we give a final point of advice. Insulting those you disagree with isn't persuasive. And what happens at local color stays at local color. I love that. That's perfect. I mean, I think that's just the perfect set of ground rules to allow people to feel safe and to feel like it's important to say the thing they might be thinking and and kind of scared to say sometimes. Yeah, yeah. that's what we try to do. And then if there's any time left after we read that list, we we talk. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that awesome, you guys? I love it so much. Again, this came from episode one of the Village Squarecast, where you can learn all about the Village Square and their history and their programs. Once more, I would like to offer my sincere thanks to Liz V. Sunshine, Miss Science, and Sean, who gave us a window into their hearts and minds so that we may grow in our understanding for our fellow human beings for our neighbors. If you're listening to all this thinking you want more of local color, well, good news. In addition to more conversations like this, there's a new series beginning on June 30th called Equality in Life, which will initially be held over Zoom and then we'll put them out on the podcast also. We hope you'll join us for these events. And you can also listen to past programs For now, you can listen to those from the Village Square's website, and in the future, we'll be putting out throwback podcast episodes, so you can hear those on the Village Square cast, too. If you're intrigued by what you heard today, we hope that you'll tell a friend and subscribe to the Village Square cast from your favorite podcast service. And you can also visit us online to learn all about the Village Square's programs, explore and listen to past programs, sign up for our monthly newsletter, send us a question or a comment, and see the show notes page for this episode. Find all of that and more at villagesquare.us. We appreciate you listening to this local color episode of the Village Square cast. Until next time, we challenge you to reach out with an open heart and mind to someone who doesn't look or think like you. 
It changes everything. We'll talk to you soon, and thank you so much for listening to the Village Squarecast. <laughs>